Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Cracked Pots. The world in a lot of ways sees us not as cracked pots, but as crackpots, eccentric, just kind of out there, crazy people trying to live some religious deal and, you know, what are you people thinking kind of deal? You're just that, a bunch of crackpots. And what makes it worse is we aren't crackpots, we are cracked pots. And for me, the struggle along the way continues to be that we are hauling, if we are Christians, we are literally hauling living water to a thirsty world around us and yet we leak. And the way it's supposed to go down is you're supposed to get saved. You're lost. You're out there by yourself. So you get saved. And the book says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are new. And so you get saved. You get rescued. You get Jesus. And everything goes away. All the past goes away. All the problems go away. And then you wake up and look in the mirror and go, it didn't go away. Because the temptations that were there before, some are still there. Maybe some went away. But you find that you are still stuck in this body, in this flesh. And the same selfish propensities, the same anger, the same things that get us into so much trouble are still there. And so the devil says, what's up with this? You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to have all this figured out. You've told everybody you made this big decision changed your life your life hasn't changed and the enemy just starts to just punch you in the teeth just punch you in the teeth and say you're nobody you got nothing and you read a verse and here we are around here a mission statement like disciples making disciples and we try to mobilize people to say we need you to lead somebody else and you go sure I'm thinking about it I'm willing but you obviously don't know me, or worse yet, you do know me. Why are you asking me to do anything like that? Have you lost your mind? You know who I am, and yet you still call me. You invite me. You try to engage me in this process to lead someone else. I can barely lead myself because I'm a crackpot. Now, hopefully by the time we're done today, you will be encouraged. For one Sunday, I just decided we ought to be encouraged for a change. <laughs> You know, and maybe we're all doing this, but at least in my job, I spend most of my week sitting with people and listening and talking and listening and some praying and processing just stuff, just messes in a lot of ways. And the things that happen to people and the things that we get ourselves into, it's just mind-boggling. And the world watches this stuff and goes, see, there you go, bunch of crackpots. Go down there, they want my money, and I give them my money, and what do they do? Go spend it on crazy stuff. I'm not going to church. I got enough trouble out here by myself. I don't need to add all that. And so we all get thrown into this crackpot pile, and who needs God, and who needs church, and yet you say, or you wouldn't be sitting here, you wouldn't be listening someplace beyond here going, I'm trying. I'm actually trying. 
And I know I've got this water in me, and I know I've got life in me, and I'm trying to let God use my broken life, my shattered life, my crushed into a million pieces life, see if he can get the glue of his grace and take these pieces and put them back together and fill me up and use me. And see, I grew up in a world where there were no cracked pots, perfect people. And you somehow, on the appropriate days, got your stuff together. You got your old cracked pot out on a Sunday morning, and you painted it as good as you could, and you wrapped it up as good as you could, and you made it look as good as you could so no one would see that you were as messed up as everybody else. Because if anybody found out you were leaking, you'd be discarded, thrown away. But the longer I do this, and the longer I try to do it myself, I realize there ain't nothing but crackpots. And you're going to have to make a decision to let God mend your broken life and use you, or just sit there and let that be an excuse the rest of your life. So you got a story. Well, welcome to the planet. Don't make your story an excuse for not hauling water. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with me if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's just start in verse 1. I didn't know when I was going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it right now. There is a man in our church who a few months ago became a Christian. An amazing story. I shared the gospel with him at lunch one day. Wasn't time then. After that Sunday morning service, I'm outside in the lobby. He walks by me, and he's got tears in his eyes, and I realize what's going on. He said, I got there this morning, became a Christian, got baptized. That day, literally, we were doing a baptism. So in the course of conversation with him and in his life, he was out there, and his life is being changed. And I said to him something about his mom, and I said, is your mom a believer? No, you know, been way out there herself, just doing her own thing. I said, I'd like to go see your mom. 88-year-old mom this week, we met at her house, and we went in, and she had an oxygen tube in her nose, sitting her feet propped up on the couch, very nice home, had care in the house. She was not hurting in any way, physically, financially, except for just some health issues, and she was 88. And the only way I can describe to you, she was a tough old broad. And I walk in, and she knows who I am, and I sit down, and he's sitting behind me, and this conversation ensues. And she stared me down. And I can't tell you everything she said to me, but she stared me down. <laughs> and I begin to share the gospel. And a very, very long story short, it did not take a long presentation. And at first, she was very reticent to even listen. And then I said something about Jesus dying on the cross for her, and I think her eyes literally rolled back in her head. It was like there was a war going on in that lady's den. Then I explained the gospel, and I said, would you like to be sure that you would go to heaven if something happens to you? You could sit here on this couch and die. Would you like to be sure? And she shook her head. And this 88-year-old elegant woman closed her eyes, laid her head back on the couch, and had not said anything, wasn't able to speak very clearly at all. And I'd pray a little line. I'd say, dear God, in her little voice, she said, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And that old woman repeated everything after me. And when she opened her eyes, I was crying, a tear coming out of her eyes. And I was stunned because an old person, a hard person, 
a person who's lived their whole lives out there without God, potentially. I said, has anyone ever explained this to you this way? And she said, no. And I saw an 88-year-old woman get raised from the dead. That's what I saw. And I walked out of that house shaking my head going, if God can still do that. And you say, well, how do you know she didn't just repeat a prayer just to be nice to you? She was not going to be nice to me. (laughs) And her son agreed. She did not do that to patronize me. Something happened inside of her. You say, well, how do you know it's real? My job is not to judge that. My privilege is to sit with her and go, you know what? But, you know, it's God's grace that saved me, and I'm hauling in a crack pot, and I leak most of the time right out of my eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. I almost can't even look out at this crowd because I know there's a married man in this room who's trying to do the right thing and all hell's breaking loose in his house. When he wasn't doing the right thing, it was almost better. People sitting, listening today who have suffered the consequence of their sin and it is way more expensive than you ever dreamed. The devil never tells you what it's going to cost to roll his dice You say, but if I win, I'll hit the jackpot. You never hit the jackpot with the devil. It never works. You always lose. That's his game. Sitting with women and you say, well, you're going to tell my stuff. Your stuff is almost everybody's stuff. Talking to women who, as little girls, their mom would bring some man home, not a husband. And this boyfriend, this man would sexually abuse these little girls. And then you say, well, why would a woman give herself to somebody like that? Why would a woman live that way? Why would a woman be promiscuous? Stop judging and start listening for a change. There are reasons for these things. And what people think is no one will have me. If my own mother, if my own father didn't respect me enough to take care of me, then no one will have me and I'm just a piece of meat for somebody. And I'll separate my body from my mind, from my emotions so that I can just somehow survive it. And then these women get married and they have sexual problems in their marriages because they can't be with somebody without triggering those memories. The devil's a snake. Steal, kill, destroy. That is what they chant in hell. And you get all this stuff riding on you. You get all this stuff from your past. You get the enemy punching you in the nose and you will lose heart if you don't hold on. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. How have you received mercy? abundantly, continually, then be the same way in terms of not losing heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then verse 7, but we have this treasure 
And what is the treasure? He is the treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, in clay pots, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, why does God use broken people, cracked pots to get his job done? So that no one says, look at me. Look at what I got. Look at the game I've got. As it turns out, the people that he uses the most are the people who stand up and say, I quit cutting three years ago. I'm free from bulimia three years now. I haven't slept with anyone I'm not married to however long it's been. I'm being faithful to my wife. I'm being faithful to my husband. I've given up the porn. I've given up the strippers. I've given up whatever it is that's your deal. I've given up the pride. I'm trying. I'm doing the right thing. And see, the very thing that you hide and cover that was shameful, God says, if you are willing, maybe not publicly, but along the way, if you sit with someone and will just say to them, look, this is my story, but this is also my song that I have a way to praise my Savior all the day long because this is where I was and this is where I am and I don't know what your story is but I can tell you if he can raise someone like me from the dead I bet he can raise you from the dead too and see everybody in here has got story everybody everybody and you're afraid you think if someone knew who I really was or what I've done or where I've been they wouldn't have anything to do with you that may be precisely why they want something to do with you because they see life they see light what talks about it shines the glory of the gospel shines on them through you you are the light of the world that's what he said you know it's a funny thing when you're thirsty when you're really thirsty I've turned down glasses of water before when I really wasn't thirsty. But when you are really thirsty, man, you'll drink backwash, you'll drink about anything. All right. You find an old cup, it didn't have dirt in it, you'll drink it, right? You get thirsty enough. And it is my experience that we are and we are surrounded by extremely thirsty people in a dry land. And we're it. And you say, but every morning I get my clay pot. I get it all mended. I think I'm put together. And I try to ask God to fill me up. And before the day's over, I'm out there hauling water, trying to do my best. And I get smashed on one side. And another crack shows up. And I realize I'm human. And I'm running out of water. Then get back in your closet. Ask him to put it back together and go again tomorrow. Do it again. Try again. Don't lose heart. Go on to verse 7 again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. You hard-pressed? You between a rock and a hard place? Literally a narrow place? I can't even use as examples some of the stories that I hear because I don't want to violate anybody's trust. You have no idea what is going on right here. Right here. And we need to pay attention. If we don't pay attention here, there's a good chance we won't pay attention outside of here. Look around. Ask a second time. Hey, how are you doing? They say, I'm okay. Ask again. Ask again. Be sure. Because someone may need to say that third or fourth time, you know what? 
I'm not doing so good. I realize now you're really asking and I think you really care and could we go grab some lunch? And you may just have to sit and listen to somebody. We are hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now look at this, because people say, well, it was just a little pressure. Sometimes you get knocked on your butt. Struck down means struck down, but what? Not destroyed. And see, there's a certain point at which this is just trying to do the right thing, you get hit. You decide to march on the gates of hell, you're gonna get shot at. If you try to go into hell and bring someone else out, you are going to get shot at. That's why it's hell. So be prepared for that. I got a voicemail from a guy in this room this week. He called and said, man, the second you, you know, here we are engaging in all this discipleship stuff, all hell is breaking loose. That's why we use that phrase. If you get struck down, get up. And if you can't get up by yourself, call somebody and say, come help me get up. I am down. That's why we say that. I'm down. But see, when you go down by yourself, you can go read in the Old Testament. It's better to stick together. One falls by himself. Better to have somebody around. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for you your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, look what he says in verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, if something's being renewed, it doesn't mean it's arrived. This is a process. Being born spiritually is an event. You get saved, born again, whatever words you use to describe what happened to you, raised from the dead, that is a moment in time that's an event. The rest of it, the sanctification process, God turning you into who he wants you to be is a process. And you may be having a hard time in that process. You may be down for the count right now. You may be struggling, but it doesn't mean you're out of the game. If you're out of the game, you're looking at Jesus. You are done when you've seen Jesus. Now, if he comes down and says something to you, you may be done in a whole other way. <laughs> so there is hope. Where there is breath, there is hope. I don't care what the devil tells you. God loves us all enough to get us out of here. If he's left you here, there is a reason. Figure out what that is. And stop making excuses with your past, with your problems, why you can't. Find out why you can. And take your sorry crackpot to Jesus. Now this isn't possible, but I'm gonna tell you that God can do things that is possible. You cannot take a pot and put it back on the wheel, can you? Once it's put in the fire and it's a clay pot. I don't know how he does it, but he does some extraordinary repair and renewal and rebuilding and these cracks somehow can be sealed. 
I got more verses, but I don't have more time. Let me read the end of this, and then we'll just be done. Verse 16 again, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then look how he describes it in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This ain't it. And you are here for a reason. And God, believe it or not, needs you. He needs us. He has set it up that way. He needs us. So you're either going to live the rest of your life sitting on your butt, saying, well, there's just too many cracks. He can't use me. I got my ticket. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Sin the more that grace may abound. And God keeps coming back saying, what are we doing? And it is his kindness. It is his gentleness, the scripture says, that leads us to repentance. And he says, okay, Richard, we've been doing this a long time. We're not doing this anymore. And he calls you out and he calls me out because you cannot sin. I've said this for years. You cannot sin in a vacuum. You cannot sin by yourself. You say, I'm not hurting anyone else. I'm a consenting adult. The problem is you're consenting to do this with the devil himself. Don't give up. We are a bunch of crackpots in the world's view, and we are a bunch of crackpots. But whether you like it or not, you're hauling water, living water. And if you give up, it won't get there because God has chosen to transport it around in us. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. And our Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for a book just filled with crackpots. And not to throw any of these people under the bus, Lord, but it is just person after person from the first person you made, Lord, on. It's just cracks everywhere, Lord, except for one who showed up to fix it all. And Lord Jesus, you are the treasure that we haul in these earthen vessels, these clay pots, these mud huts that we live in. And I pray that from the inside out or however you see fit to do it, that we would yield ourselves to the work of the potter's hand, that you would do the repairs necessary in our lives, that you would restore us to what you intended us to be, that this water, this living water that needs to arrive at so many people, Lord, would be carried in and through us, Lord, in the most effective way possible. And Father, without just generalizing all this, I pray specifically, Holy Spirit, that you right now would convict Christians to begin with. Anyone listening today, Lord, Holy Spirit, we are asking you to show us where is the most obvious crack in our lives that is keeping us from being the men, the women, the fathers, the mothers the parents that we need to be, that we are leading people astray by our own lives, show us the most glaring cracks in our lives 
and then help us get to the place right now where we say, I'm either going to do something about this or I'm not. No matter what it costs, no matter what shame comes with it, admitting that I'm wrong. Father, may we individually be willing to confess our sin and know and remember that you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and repair these glaring cracks in our lives. And use me, this mud hut of a life, to haul this treasure that is you. Help me understand. Help me learn. Send me people who can teach me, Lord, to know how to live in such a way that you can do through me what it is you've been trying to do. Father, help us not just listen. Help us be encouraged, but to be encouraged to change, to make some choices that would clearly change our lives, whatever needs to go or whatever needs to come into our lives to make it the way you intended, Lord. Address these issues one by one. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. And we desperately need you. And we live in a world that desperately needs you as well. Use us to reach them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.